Hi, good morning, brothers and sisters. I'm so honored to be here in this beautiful church. I'm not worthy to be a speaker today, but however, this little and very humble servants you invited me, and uh, the friend of mine, Reverend Q Kim, is the best person that I can refer to anyone in the whole world. Uh, he's a man of integrity and also a man of smile. I love his <laughs> smile. And also, he is a man of prayer. His beautiful prayer is like a very rhetorical and musical at the same time spiritual. So I love his prayer. Thank you so much. And he is also the man of model. Uh, anyone can follow type the how he served. And also I met Pastor Mimi. Thank you so much for beautiful uh, uh, the friendship and the uh, way how you serve and these beautiful church members. Thank you so much for the uh, beautiful uh, invitation. And I had a little time on Friday and yesterday twice and today is the last day that I can share the word of the Lord. And I hope that you enjoy my uh, preaching, but uh, please bear with me a little bit if my preaching is a little longer than the Pastor Q Kim. <laughs> and uh, I hope that you understand. Because when I pray that the, the name of the church is very unique. Because I have never asked Reverend Q Kim, why did you name your church like that? And, uh, you know, I didn't ask because there was something behind. And, you know, when I came in here, and I realized this place, but he explained in the car that how he was able to move the congregation into this place from the school previously. And the, all of those things that I prepare in prayer is divinely designed and unified according to the spirit of the Lord. Therefore, today I want to share with you that message, not from any other things, but the scripture itself. Therefore, hope you enjoy this message today. And uh, uh, a while ago, the seven of the new members, although one is not here, but uh, I understand that the four of them are Kim. Because in, if you know that my name is Elijah Kim, Pastor Q Kim Kim. In, if you stone anyone in Korea, one in three is Kim. <laughs> so uh, it's 25% uh, of Koreans have the... Uh, the Kim as surname. So my Korean name is Jongfil, but the English name is Eliza. Uh, so I hope that you don't miss my name, okay? So the please pray for me. And my topic for today is the will of the Lord for Hope Church, the house of prayer for everyone, the Hope Church. The name that I was received by Reverend Q Kim was amazing and amazing. So according to the scriptures from Mark 11:7 and Isaiah 56, 1 to 8, and also Isaiah 57, but you know, I want to just uh, skip this, so I hope that you can read because there are not many time over here. So let me introduce a little bit about myself, that um, I had a ministry uh, in Korea uh, back in, in 1985 to 1991, uh, I was able to minister in one of the largest churches in Korea. I became a minister at the Yeo Full Gospel Church. And also, uh, I was able to plant a church in Korea. Then after that, uh, the Lord is calling me to come to the Philippines. That was January in 1992. So 
26 years ago. So I began the ministry in the volcano erupted area, which is called the most disastrous and dangerous area of the world. It's a very gloomy day when the, uh, every day, sometimes three to four times, sometimes it's, it, it, it's like every day a volcano is erupting. So there I was able to minister to the victims of the uh, uh, Pinatubo Mountain in uh, Bampanga and Olongapo and Borak area. So and then after that, I began the, one of the small churches in the slum area, which is called the Grain of Wheat Christian Ministry. That is the August in 1992. So this small church, so we had a Bible study. And uh, you know, if you're looking at the one boy, <laughs> it's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the ladies over there, is a lot of them in heaven right now. But uh, I remember this beautiful fellowship there. It's back in, in 1992. It's a beautiful fellowship. God started molding me, shaping me. And he began to teach me uh, in a way that the, uh, the lowest people, the poorest people, the least people living in, got a lot of the ex-inmates in the village and also drug addicts and in all kinds of broken families nearby in the slum area that I ministered there. So I learned a lot from the village. It's not the uh, middle class village. It's not a beautiful village. It's very poverty-stricken village. Yet I learned how to pray and also how to love the people there. So there. God began to teach me how to pray. Although I ministered for seven years in Korea, but this is another beginning that I learned. So there, you know, now you see this is like one of the largest church in the whole world. Uh, out of the old missionaries who are doing it. So we have a seven-story building, uh, which is uh, like more than $10,000 uh, $10 million asset. We spend, and also we have the gymnasium. It settings more than 3,000 members. We have, and also we have the older church building, and we have another construction undergoing, uh, which is on the left hand side. You cannot see it, and then we are going to have the general hospital soon, so that uh, the missionaries who are going to be trained there will go to Islamic countries and the most of the uh, Bible restricted area. So that's, you know, we are doing. So this is a seven hectare lands, and, you know, we pray that this little church may grow more. So still I have desire and dream and, you know, prayer. My wife has been ministering there for uh, 26 years, ever since she was joined me. And then I left uh, the Philippines in 2001. So it's already 16 years that I left the ministry. So two or three times a year, my wife and I are meeting. So someone says, how could you have your family like that? And I said, that's a joy. Because under my wife's control, mm. I am always trembled. <laughs> but, <laughs> but out of my wife's presence, I'm free. However, my wife is amazing, an amazing woman of prayer. No woman like her. So she's a woman of sacrifice, too. 
So we have always beautiful time. I see the same things, the uh, Reverend Q Kim and his wife, always walking together beautifully, lovely, with always smile. That's I love. You know, it's like, wow. You know, it's not easy to find out very good modeling couple. But, you know, during the time, always had a beautiful conversation. And I think I envy you a little bit, but not more than something. Hallelujah. So this church is beautiful. The name of the church, Hope. So I introduced a little bit. My church story in the Philippines has a lot of tremendous Tremendous works. Uh, we have been sending a lot of missionaries to uh, Cambodia, Myanmar, even to North Korea. So one of our younger members uh, became the professor at the uh, University of Technology and Science in Pyongyang right now. So where so we had the speakers, the Lauren Cunningham, and I'm so grateful, Reverend Q Kim, because uh, we wanted to see Lauren in Hawaii. And then his daughter, actually, Anna, gave her car and while she was on vacation. And she let this car use for us and also gave every generous uh, you know, proposal for us. So thank you so much for the generosity. So we invited uh, uh, Reverend Lauren Cunningham for our international conference in Manila in order to encouraging the Filipino and Asian churches to do the missionary works. So that's our dream. You know, not only the American church and the Korean and other churches, but also the poor churches in Asia are able to send out many missionaries to the Muslim and Buddhist and Hinduist. So we had uh, more than 3,000 attendants coming from 60 countries all over. So it's in two, uh, in back in, in 2010 and 11, 13, 15, and last year, and then next year again. So it's a huge impact over the Indonesian and, and the Filipino and other churches. It's a new movement is not emerging yet. So you can see that there will be a great number of Filipino missionaries, great number of Indonesian missionaries. So it's no other way to see that. So that's the new movement is happening right now in our church in the Philippines. So we pray that this, the many Pacquiao, the many others, you know, Louis Bush, all others coming in. And we pray that, that we are able to train more missionaries in, 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 in the Philippines. So today, as I have the topic from the Lord that about the name of your church, the house of prayer for everyone, that's a whole church. And it's seemingly a lot of churches all over the world in contemporary era forgetting the meaning of the church itself. What does church mean to us according to the scriptures, especially in New Testament and Old Testament? I want to give you the glimpse of the all kind of meanings on the church as the house of prayer. You know, and when you pay attention to the Bible, in the beginning of the church, when the church was birthed on the day of the Pentecost, the Spirit of the Lord came down, and the people received the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened? That's the church. But there was no building because everyone else, they uh, gathered together in one place and pray in unison. And they received the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no idea how to gather, how to assemble, how to make the organization. Even they don't have any idea what is the name itself, even though they were heard 
ecclesia in time of Christ. But they don't know how to call it even the time of the Pentecost. So just one day after the Pentecost, something happened. Please pay attention. This is scriptures from the uh, Acts 3, when Peter and John were able to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that the Peter and John went up together to the temple and then say that at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. What does it mean at the hour of prayer? You know, the Pentecost took place in the Acts chapter 2. And everyone else received the power of the Holy Spirit in one place. And everyone there who remember the Bible, especially the promise of Jesus Christ, didn't have any idea what to do. And then habitually, John and Peter, two of two, 12 disciples, came to Jerusalem and say that at the hour of prayer. What is the hour of prayer? Have you ever noticed the, the meaning of the, uh, the hour of prayer? Then another one is the ninth hour. So Reverend Kilkin mentioned about this place, the gathering hall. I'm, I'm going to tell you a lot, so don't be, uh, don't be upset because I'm going to explain. There are a lot of secrets. There are a lot of mystery. The Greek words <clears throat> mystery and mysterion is appeared in the New Testament nine times. So we have mysteries even today. If you don't take a look on the scriptures, you don't know what's going on. But every time we have to always solution from the scriptures. There is solution and mystery in this world the, at the hour of prayer. So what is the meaning of the hour of prayer? Even Peter and John, an apostle for all the early church Christians in the book of Acts, are participating three times prayer. We call it threefold daily prayer. So that's amazing. You know, it seems like not, none of you are amazed at my message because I see your face. So no response at all, I know. However, at the end, I hope that some of you will be surprised. If not, I'm not going to come back anymore. <laughs> so, even Peter and John are practicing three times prayer. How many of you ever heard about three times prayer day? How many of you know that the three times prayer they written in the Bible? So what is that, brother? Oh, great. You must be awarded. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You, you, are, you are really resembling Reverend Q. Kim. You're very smart. But you, you make me very minimized. So. Yeah, that's true. The Daniel's prayer, three times a day, you open the window towards the Jerusalem and pray three times a day. So we have the practices, you know, actually, even in, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, including four Gospels and the book of Acts, even in the book of Revelation. Throughout entire scriptures, there are three times daily prayers. That's a mysterious. That's, that's glorious. So the third hour is 9 a.m., and we say the sixth hour is noon, and the ninth hour is 3 p.m. So at the hour of prayer, and then that additionally there is the ninth hour, meaning there are three times Shaharit, and then Minhak, and then Marib. 
That's in Hebrew words. Three times prayer, practicing throughout entire early church era. So this is written in the Bible. Here, if you see the scriptures, Acts 2, verses 41 to 42. They then that they received his words were baptized, and they were added unto them in that day about 3,000 souls. And they continued to steadfastly in the apostles' teachings fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and then the prayers. So the, there's a secret. You know, we know the der in, in English. It's just like, you know, nothing, just like simply say the pronoun sometimes, you know, the, uh, uh, the indicating some particular person, but in Hebrew and Greek here, the der is very different. So I'm not going to say a lot, but here, the der is the Jewish prayer. The Jewish prayer that Daniel did. The Jewish prayer that Nehemiah did. The Jewish prayer that even Jerobabel and the Ezra and even Jesus did. That's the prayer. So that the prayer is here in the scripture, just right after the Pentecost outpouring, they are practicing the prayer of Jesus. They are practicing the prayer of Daniel. They are practicing the prayer of the Old Testament. If you do know the Psalm 55, 16 to 17, many of you remember this scripture here today. But I call to God, the Lord will save me. And then evening and morning and noon, Will I pray and cry aloud and you shall hear my voice? Let me say it to you again. Evening, morning, at noon. Marib, Sharit, and Minhak in Hebrew. Marib, Sharit, and Minhak. Will I cry aloud and pray? Every Israelite in the Old Testament pray three times a day. That's a habitual thing. That's why if you carefully taking a look on the scripture of the book of Gospels, Jesus accustomed to pray, but that's wrong translation. But in original Aramaic said that he did three times a prayer. That means he was used to in prayer. So it's amazing thing happened in the Bible. So according to our brother says, the uh, Daniel did the three times a prayer towards Jerusalem through the windows. This prayer, he is always praying unto God. No one else. But how did he start three times a prayer? According to his childhood back in, in Jerusalem, he was able to see the last king who did the church renewal and the, ref, the re, uh, provocation. Another meaning, re reformation of the temple. King Josiah. King Josiah reformed the, the temple, and he started once again the re-sacrificing the old temple law according to Moses. Therefore, the cleansing the temple and starting the covenant renewal. So the baby Daniel in the picture, the one who was just kneeling down with the priest, was the Daniel. So he was there in 2 Chronicles 34, 29 to 31. He was observing how the priestly orders, the clansmen of the Levites, and the 3,000 choir members gathered together and praising the name of the Lord in the temple. 
So he was able to see the, how they blast the trumpet and the every order of the praise and worship at the temple when the King Josiah reformed. So this amazing service he remembered, and he didn't forget that. He spent more than 70 years, and he had four different kings from Babylonian, Media, and Persian Empire. It's not one dynasty, Babylonian, Nebuchadnezzar's, and Median, and you remember the Persian Empire, last one. So in his lifetime, he prayed for three times. And if you do remember the Psalm 137, so the verse 1, the by the river of Babylon, we sat and wept, we remembered Zion. And there on the parlors, we hung our halves, that we call ten-string half. Then the for three captors asked us for a song, and our tormentors demanded song of joy. They said, sing us one of songs of Zion. And then verse 4 says, how can he sing the song of the Lord? while in a foreign land. They were not able to give sacrifice. They are not able to give any everyday daily offering, burns offering. They are not able to give the peace offering, sin offering, and guilt offering, even reconciliation offering every day. Only the way they could do is we call sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice meaning you have to bring animal, but there is a sacrifice, no animal. So they call it sacrifice of praise. How many of you are always amazed when you sing unto the Lord? How many of you are blessed a while ago when you sang together with the praise and worship team in this church? Every time I'm amazed because that's what we call the praise, the sacrifice of praise. The Israelites in Old Testament, they brought the sacrifice of the animals. But in the Babylon, they created new way. In Babylon, they didn't bring offering of the animal. They didn't bring offering of the, any birds. They didn't bring any, uh, any kind of the sacrificial animal. Yet, they brought the song of joy. And that's a sacrifice of praise. You know, this is more than enough when you sing unto the Lord. When we bring our lips and tongues and our hearts, we sing unto the Lord, this is a sacrifice unto the Lord. Brethren, don't neglect the time of singing. Don't neglect just simply following singing. Don't look at any praise and worship team members. Don't take a look at any beautiful musical tone. But to take a look unto Jesus when you sing unto the Lord that you are bring offering unto the Lord to glorify his name forever. Because it began in Babylon when they started in singing. So after that, what happened? If I forget you, Jerusalem, no, 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 not at all. Because we are thousands of miles away from Jerusalem in the river of the Tigris and your protest. Yet we remembering the beauty of Jerusalem. We remembering beauty of temple. We remembering the beauty of God. He's the God of every nation. He's the God of all. So if I forget Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. And it said the psalmist what? Here today, 
6. May I tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, Jerusalem. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edmonites did on the day of Jerusalem fair. They tear it down. Thank you. Verse 7, remember, Lord, what Edomites did on the day of Jerusalem fell, tear it down, they cried, tear it down to its foundations. Then verse 8, daughter of Babylon. Can't you remember daughter of Babylon? Doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Because you stop us to worshiping in Jerusalem. You tear down the Jerusalem temple. You brought the, your, my people to be captive in Babylon. We will not forget the worshiping our living God. Only the way is through prayer and praise. Brethren, how much important the meaning of the prayer and praise in our lives. Brethren, can't you remember the beauty and importance of the praise and prayer in our life. So many churches around the world have forgotten, the, not, not only have forgotten, still forgetting the importance of praise and prayer. So we do remember verse 9, happy is the one who sees your infants and dashes them against the rocks. The prayer in the Bible, please do take a look here today. It begins by actually tabernacle prayer. Because Moses received the name of God and the, uh, every law and commandments. And even more, this way of the sacrifice and feast. And he received all kinds of commandments. But the best of all is how to lead people, in, people of Israel in the wilderness in prayer and praise. We call it tabernacle prayer. Tabernacle prayer is actually the way how people get into the holy place. Where you stand, you can just stand before the Lord when you get into the holy place. Tabernacle prayer, we have a lot of meaning, but you know, let me just, and then after that when the Israelites came into Canaan and they resettled in the land, then what happened? There is no need temple, it's a temporary. So David built the tabernacle. We call it temporary tents. The many years back in, in like 2009, I brought 180 members from America, and I did my uh, seminar for Jewish people. We had a conference in uh, King David's Hotel in Jerusalem. Uh, I guess more than 100 Jewish members attended together with the Japanese and Chinese and others. I spoke uh, on behalf of uh, a Jewish prayer uh, in Hebrew and others. There, amazing thing happened. Because even though Jewish people didn't understand the meaning of prayer, therefore, I explained why it began uh, from the originally the Davis tenant, uh, tents or uh, Davis tabernacle. After that, we are able to go to the city of David. When we were able to go to the city of David, it's amazing thing happened just three months ahead of our time arrival. 
because the high priest place was discovered, and then it's proved that the from the David's house, there is a fountain discovered, that the fountain made a channel into Siloam Spring, and then made the entire citizens of the Jerusalem was survived by this water. And that channel was discovered. Then by the time we had a prayer meeting at the house of David. Then on the top of the city of David, you can look up from the city of Zion. It's like a, we call the Shem shape in Hebrew, Shem shape. So there we see a lot of people seeing how the beautifully David designed. Because there was no temple yet. The Jebusites lived in the city. So the David made 7,000 men, and not the women, 7,000 men to be the choir member. He trained all of them in choir song. Then the day and night, the night and day, 24-7. And he led the people singing with the trumpet blasting and beautiful singing. And there was no musical lords in the whole world. Musical lords created by the Gregory I. The, we call that's why Gregorian musical tone in the 600. It's only 1,400 years ago. That's, there is no any we call stick, only the round. That's the musical tone created. You know, the music history is not long. But can't you remember 3,000 years ago, Moses received. And now you see, you know, almost like, you know, 2,700 2, years ago. The David created all kinds of musical tone. We could tent spring harp, and he made a trumpet. He, made, he created all kinds of musical instruments, and he created 24 clans of the Levites, and even he created how to also make the choir, and he also he became the songwriter. So he wrote more than a thousand songs himself. And that's why we have in the book of Psalms, we have a lot of David's song. That's the old singing song. This is a lyrics. When you listen the, the song of praise according to the musical tone that King David created, it's amazing. And that's why the uh, Temple Institute in Jerusalem is recreating the same music what the uh, uh, King David did. We didn't have any record, but we tried to make. Uh, it generally, we are not sure. However, What's going on? David created beautiful song number and beautiful song music and everything he did, and then he created time of prayer. Can you imagine there is no microphone amplifier, any music, you know, so-called electrical amplifier yet, but it's several thousand members, day and night, night shift, day shift, and they singing, and then, you know, I imagine what a beautiful music is, what a beautiful our God is, and what amazing our God is, because even surrounding neighboring, Adamites, and Amorites, and Jebusites, and all kinds of ungodly people, we hear the name of the Lord when people of the Lord singing in the city of David. This is called David's Tabernacle. I'm going to tell you at the later, of the later part, of, part of my preaching in conjunction with the meaning of the Hope Church. I am so amazed, actually, at your church name because I never heard the name Hope. 
because there are a lot of hope. I thought that the love and faith and the hope. I thought that the hope, but the Reverend Q Kim shocked me. That hope is not the hope thing. The hope is the house of prayer for everyone. I think he has a secret channel with God. <laughs> and that's why he named it. You must be proud of your church. Not only your name, but also your presence. So David's tabernacle has a lot of story to tell you, but however, then after that what happens, Solomon built. But Solomon is an actor of drama. Just actor. He's a main character. Who is the producer? Producer is a David. He designed of the temple. He made the master plan. He said that every room what you have to build. And he designed the old the choir members. And you know, this is at the hand of David, not from the hand of Solomon. Nothing Solomon did. All the things he designed is done by David. So here today, if you're looking at the uh, Temple prayer is in the temple, beautiful worship, beautiful sacrifice, beautiful thing. But you know, Israelites dislike to worship. If I order you, brethren, you have to come three times a day in our church. You spend three hours a day in our church. It's, it is not your choice. It is not your option. It is not your opportunity. It is your responsibility. If you don't do that, I will kill you. <laughs> then how many members will come to church? <laughs> Imagine all of the world, if the church say, if you don't come to church three times a day, I will kill you. But that really took place in, in the history of Israel. That's really happened. Why? There is no other temple but one in Jerusalem. There was no transportation like today, automobile or train or jet. Therefore, far places in the, from Jerusalem, how, how do they worship? But God said, you have to bring everyday sacrifice unto me. So they have their duty. That's why when they are not worshiping, they say, Lord, can we make another temple in lice? And the Lord says, no, no. And Israelites is like they made the temple of cow there. That's more than they pilify. We call the city of Pan when the Alexander Great come. And the name was named by Alexander Great, the city of Pan. That became pilify. And you, they, today you know that same place Jesus mentioned about the name of church. When Peter confessed, you are the Lord, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says that, Peter, it is not you, but from the Father. You said about the church of God. On this rock, I will build my ecclesia. Ecclesia has a deep meaning today. And then the gates of Hades will prevail against it. So here. The deep meaning, deep, deep meaning of the church. 
actually started by temple, but when Israelites disobeyed every commandment, they were not worshiping. And God brought disaster because nation was plucked out. What does he mean? Because Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple three times. It's not one-time destruction. So what happened? 786, last one. That's the last destruction, the Abib the ninth. The ninth of Abib. And the city, entirely nationhood of Judah was disappearing. And out of multitude, not many of them survived. Only handful numbers became captive. And can't you remember the last king? His eyes flocked out, and his hands were shackled, and he was driven by the horse riding. He was not walking like an animal. Do you remember the Bible history? It is the greatest tragedy. People say that every day you bring offering, every day you bring sacrifice, every day you worship your God, people hate it. Like today, the church members say, oh, let's pray every day. No, we'll kick you out, pastor. Go away. We, we'll make new appointment for new pastor. Hallelujah. And people really like it. But God doesn't like. Remember, are we pursuing the true meaning of the church today? Brethren, in American society, we are running by board meeting. Can't you remember when the church started in Jerusalem? It is the church as an organic. When church came into Rome, it became an institution. When the church of Jesus Christ came into Europe, it became a culture. When church came into America, the church of Jesus Christ became enterprise. So the enterprise meaning the company, always you are voting. It's a democratic society, meaning so we always like, you know, how many numbers we get, how many much money we have. So American church are not strong according to the will of the Lord. Because sometimes one person right, 99% can be wrong. But, you know, we follow the majority rule. Can't you remember, brethren, do we have the spirit-filled spirit man in the church? Do we have the spirit-filled pastor. Do you believe your pastor is a spirit-filled? Amen. You know, when I say that, my, my, my lips are fluffing, so I don't know <laughs> what happened. <laughs> because I, I said too much, and my voice is one of the worst cases now to speak. Please do understand. It's very hard. Last night, I was not able to swallow the, even the water. So I said, Lord, let me finish my preaching today because... My, my voice, you must have, you know, much earlier than this. <laughs> Thank you. So when they became captive in Babylon, I told you a while ago, 137, they started to remember the beauty of God in Jerusalem. They started to remember the beauty of temple of God. They started to remember the beauty of sacrifice. They started to remember the beauty of music. They started to remember the gathering in the temple of the Lord. Because when they have lost everything, they remember. 
they started to remember, oh, what a beautiful thing to worship God. Brethren, if I want to challenge you to pray every day, don't be burdened. If I want to challenge you, let's read everyday Bible read. But, you know, don't be, don't be embarrassed. You know, if I ask you, okay, let's gather together every day and glorify the name of the Lord. And don't be surprised because it's a blessing. Because the Israelites, they have lost everything in the land and the river of the Tigris. And when they remember the everything in Jerusalem, back in Jerusalem, they remember what a beautiful to worship our God is. What an amazing thing to worship the living God in, in our life. That's why there they created the minyan. We call it in Hebrew Beit Ba'am. Beit Ba'am is like Bethlehem, Beit, Bets, meaning house, place. Ba'am meaning vice of, possessive. Am means paper. Therefore, house of people, when 10 adults who finished the Mitzvah, the 10 men gathered together, they made house of prayer in Babylon. There is no temple building. There is no visible building. But yet there is people of prayer. That's called the Beit Baham. And they Beipam became Minyan, the place of worship, the place of prayer, the gathering of prayer, the gathering of worship. So they started to worship. That's the, what they sang in uh, the book of Psalm 137. They started to worship with the people. So this is called the Minyan Babi. And there they made what you call the Knesset. The Knesset meaning it's like a gathering. In our Jewish congregation, they call it gathering hall. That's the original name of the Hebrew. When they have lost the temple of God in Jerusalem, and they recreated the regathering, and they call it Knesset. In English translation, gathering. We are worshiping right now at the gathering hall. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it it's a divine? Because your church two, two and a half years ago from the school now moved in. But it's not by your choice. It's not by your idea. But by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We are now the Gentiles and Jews worshiping together in this building. Which is called Knesset. Knesset, gathering. But it's like I'm so amazed today looking at the church members here because not many members are very surprised. So I don't understand you are hearing me or not. <laughs> I'm so much curious that you listen to me. Are you listening to me? Okay, you just nod your heads. Okay, no. <laughs> the synagogues. When the captive are returning to the land, the synagogue never stopped. Israel was recreated. We call recreation of Israel. You know, what is the meaning of the uh, exile? Exile meaning the original people just erased from, the, from their homeland 
living in another country. And then when they return their lands, there is recreation. Not only recreate the temple, but also recreating of their religious and spiritual life. That's a synagogues, gathering. Every town they have gathering. Because before they have only one temple, now everyone back in the land in Palestine, they have the gathering, that the synagogues. Therefore, even in time of Jesus, they are worshiping at the synagogues. Jesus worshiped the synagogues. Jesus met Peter at the house of the synagogues. And even a lot of stories in the uh, uh, four Gospels talks about his synagogues. So what is prayer? The prayer is actually in Jewish time is service of the heart. And the fear of the Lord your God and serve him, the hold fast to him, and take your words in his name, Deuteronomy 1020. And the prayer is individual and communal. So please distinguish. We, you, you have the personal prayer. We also have the communal prayer. In modern time, we say public prayer and private prayer. Personal prayer and communal prayer. That's why today we need both. If I have my private prayer, we need our prayers. So therefore, here the communal and individual, we call the Shabbat prayer. It's a communion with God in prayer and community. And type of prayer, especially number one, is we call Hallel. Hallelujah comes from the Hallel. Hallel means praise. That, that's another, always praise of God. The, the prayer is a praise, number one. And blessing, we, we call Beraha, Bekra. But that's why when the Beatitude in the, the book of Matthew explain how we are blessed. Actually, this is one of the wrongful translations in English in any other languages in the whole world. Because Hebrew word cannot be translated in one singular. Because it's, there are multiple meaning. There are greater, deeper meaning. There are amazing meaning. So in Old Testament, we call Baraha prayer. It's like when they have seven feasts in a year, they have, we call the Passover, we have tabernacle, we have the Great Atonement Day, the seven feasts in a year. The last one is we call the Great Atonement. And then when they bring the largest gathering at Jerusalem, and then the high priest only once a year bring an offering unto God in the Holy of Holies. There, he started a prayer we call the high priestly prayer which is called the Berahak prayer. So he started the prayer, and then every one of the 12 tribes of Israel just kneeling down, and just they just bow down before the ground in order to hearing that the high priest is alive or not. Because there is a chimney bell on his waist. Because while he is bringing an offering, he's alive. If God is not going to accept, in offering of the entire Israelites, and he is going to be died by the striking of, Christ, uh, of the Lord. So, and then when he was dead, and they just pulling him out of the strings on his waist belt. So many happening. That's why people are so always careful. Is our high, high priest alive? When the Lord accepts the high priest offering at the Holy of Holy, what happened? He comes out of the Holy and holy of holy, and declare one prayer. 
people of the Lord, hear my prayer. And they say that one word. In your ear, your prayer is reached unto the Almighty. That's I'm going to tell you later about in Hebrew, but because I'm, I'm going to short. This prayer is done by Jesus. You don't remember, but if you don't study in Aramite, you don't know the great difference between the Greeks and Aramite. In Aramite is the spoken language of Hebrew. Therefore, when Jesus came to the synagogue in Nazareth, in his hometown, he was invited. In the synagogue, there was we called the head of the synagogues, Rosh HaKnesset. So the Rosh HaKnesset invited him to speak. And Jesus came into the place we call the Minyan. This is Minyan. Audience place is Minyan. But not only he was called to come to audience of the Minyan, but also Barokovet. The Barokovet here in the place, they replicate the Holy of Holy in the symbolizing area of the curtain, so-called Barokovet. That's the curtain over there because you divide the Holy and Holy of Holy in the sanctuary. So therefore, here, the Holy of Holy, they covered by the curtain. So inside the curtain, they place so-called the Aaron's books, the scroll. So the Aaron's scroll we call in the Hebrew Bible. So from the Hebrew Bible, when people brought the Hebrew Bible onto the podium, and the speaker can preach, but this is called the Sidhus. So when Jesus came into Nazarene synagogues, and he was standing and he said, bring the script. And he was brought in. And he pinpoint. This in Hebrew words, he pinpoint. he himself pinpoint. The book of Isaiah chapter 61. The anointing of the Lord comes upon me. Let the blind see, let the captive set free. And then he says, in your ears, this prayer is answered. They were furious because only once are you a high priest. High priest prayer. After acceptance of the offering at the Holy of Holy, he can say all this better heart prayer. But Jesus is not a high priest. Jesus is not a parishes. Jesus. It's not the rulers of the law. Jesus is not rabbi in their terms. But he prayed in your ears. Your prayer is answered. It's me. Anointing of the Lord comes to Jesus. What is meaning? Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach. I am the one received high priest sacrifice. I am the one received the entire Israel's prayer. In my name, you ask people you never ask any name. Now, in my name. That's amazing advocates. This is amazing declaration. We have name of the Lord Yeshua. Because Yeshua HaMashiach, the name of the Lord, is a key to everything in the whole world. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have the key. This is every key. Any key cannot be locked. 
because every king in the whole world is knocked by this name of Jesus. Because he said, in your ears, your prayers are answered. Then he named better heart prayer. Blessed are you, pure in spirit. Blessed are you, in pure in heart. In hearts. Blessed are you, in humble. If you look at this, the beatitude in English, you don't understand the meaning of that. That's why I hate English. I hate Korean. <laughs> because no language can interpret. This is a Barahak prayer. Only high priests can say this. Because when our sins are forgiven, Barahak has dual meaning. To God, glorify the name of God. To the people, blessing of the flow. Same word, two meaning. To God, glorify. To the people, blessings flow. So when you use the name of the Lord, don't misuse the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus has supernatural power. The name of Jesus is wonderful. And there will be last Olympic game in heaven, I believe. That's the only last Olympic game in heaven, if I believe. That Jesus will say, from the creation up to now, I will ask you to raise your hand, who is the one the most used my name? And then someone said, me! Billion times! As many as you use the name of the Lord, you will be awarded. Dear brethren, use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are bounded by the evil spirit, say it by the name of the Lord. You evil spirit, get out! And if you have trouble, use the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, I am the Son of God. I am the daughter of the Lord. I am free. Get away all the burden. Hallelujah. Use the name of the Lord. Only 5% of the members say amen. So what a curious answer that I receive right now. How many of you want to say amen if you want to use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Thank you. That's a very reluctantly compulsive. <laughs> and that's why I understand why the Pastor Q Kim said the reluctantly what to say. I want to shorten the blessing. But that's, that's a semester course. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, I have, I have several books. When I... You know, it's like mid-1800s when I found the Verahak books, seven books in Hebrew, in, printed in Germany. Uh, I think that was like seven years before the Holocaust. And I found these books, and Lord, thank you, thank you. I didn't know the meaning of the Verahak. I didn't know the meaning of the Beatitude. You know, every time I read Bible, Lord, I want to learn. I want to study. I want to know more of you. Because we are the children of the Lord. Every time we have to learn. That's why we are always unmuted. You know, younger will be greater. The older will be younger. Why? Because we are learning the word of the Lord. Amen. Brethren, and the petitionary prayer, the repentance, and the kabana prayer at the direction and intention. That's the prayer, actually, offering of the soul when he prays. Is Jewish term, your essence from the Spain, 
your essence from the spine coming out. <laughs> That's a kabbalah. So how much you are groaning, how much you are like suffering. You know, the prayer is not simple. The congregational prayer, we call the Knesset prayer, a Shekinah, divine presence, the camp of Israel, the house of God is actually the same meaning, Knesset, gathering. And then the Minyan, here this is a Minyan in the gathering. Minyan cannot be done if there is no gathering. So you are the minion. And there are 10 adult members in the name of Jewish community today, the synagogues, the gathering together. Congregation means the gathering. Synagogues means gathering. Ecclesia means the gathering. That's a Greek version. Gathering coming from the people. Ecclesia, ek, out of people. Gathered. That's actually meaning of the church. Gathering. Assembly. How many of you remember right now the meaning of your church? Are you proud of your church, Hope? Thank you. Why do I say thank you? <laughs> and the temple is also gathering. And therefore here, the uh, Beth Hat Mishra, the synagogue must be the place of gathering and learning. Sidur is like the, all of uh, the old scriptures. I made a compilation of prayer, so 360 days a year. So the prayer book was written, so the other service, and then, you know, I want to just marif, sharit, musab, minahak, you know, all this shema. It's because I want to just go fast, okay, whether you hate me or not, no matter what. <laughs> shema is shema ha Israel ha irach Israel echad. Echad. It's, it's, all Israel, listen to me. But that's the same meaning, all God, listen our prayer. All Israel, listen to the word. The Shema. Deuteronomy 6, 4, the hear Israel, all Lord God is God, God is alone. The prayer, the three times a day, morning and afternoon and evening. Same things in the Old Testament. This created the Shema. So here, Reading from Torah and prophet is three times a day done by every Israel members at Minyan. Therefore, the 40, uh, 54 sections and the reading during the service. And, you know, so this is one, so I, I want to skip it. So, yeah. This is the, we call the, from the Barakovet, the Haron. And we have the scroll, reading scripture as prayer. Mostly I attended. Maybe in my life, I think I'm the only one who had the most number of the visitation on existing Jewish museum all of the world. So I've been in uh, Budapest, the, the Estonia Latvia. You know, I have incredible collection of the Jewish study in my life. So even much, much more than Jewish scholars. It's, I, I had a lot of conversation with Jewish people, but, you know, I want to know the truth in the Bible. That's why when I studied it, in, in studying of the word of the Lord, it's amazing thing happened. You know, because structured worships, actually three, three times a day, mostly when I attend in different synagogues like Progressive, Orthodox, Hasidim, Ultra Hasidim, you know, main uh, liberal and secular atheist, Panatheist, and others, 
And you know, the one common thing in Jewish synagogue is actually prayer. Mostly in the morning prayer is like, you know, longer. And the lunchtime prayer is short. And evening prayer is a little longer. And the Musa prayer on Shabbat is much, much longer. Two to three hours prayer. So seemingly, John and Peter still practicing after the Pentecost. Apostle Paul, on the hour of prayer in Haifa, he did the same prayer on the rooftop. Because every Jewish prayer, you know, if there is no any synagogues, there is, if there is no gathering, and then they start to make the rooftop as house of prayer. That's the way. That's why when Apostle Paul in Philippi looking for the house of prayer, can't you imagine there was no church yet? There is no place, but he was looking for a place of house of prayer. And there he met the Lydia and starting prayer. That's the beginning. Today, the church planting is up, you know, upside down because we started by prayer. That's the number one thing you have to do. And we have to make the prayer and praise pattern first. Then there we pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then there we start disciples training. But you know, our church planting is misordered. And that's not the way the Bible says. That's not the way the apostle Paul did. That's not the way even 12 apostles did. Brethren, can't you remember in how much more you know the Bible was very Jewish way, not the Greek way, not the Roman way, not the English way. But many of us remember that, wow, European theology did. That's nonsense. No, no. Because we had this connection with the Jewish root. So here today, morning prayer, Charlotte, you know, here I want to study, but you know, you, I, I see so many uh, eyes of hatred here, so that's why <laughs> I have to skip. And the, the, the most up prayer, I know, someday you will invite me after 100 years, and you will know. <laughs> this attitude and posture, different standing prayer, Mita. And then, you know, we pray Shema prayer. We have also prostration prayer. We have the kneeling prayer. We have the uh, all different type of prayer. So don't exist yourself always one-way prayer. The Korean people always sitting, hallelujah. That's a Korean people. If they have flooring, oh, Lord, hallelujah. You know, the posture is not important, but Bible has all meaning, all meaning. So here today, we have standing in about the special clothing, the kippah, talits, and talipin, and chimat, and then variation of the branches by, you know, all kinds of things. In New Testament, Jesus wearing same things here, we call shawl. This is called the uh, prayer shawl. This prayer shawl at Gethsemane, he was praying. And then when he washed the feet of disciples, Jewish people were given two towels when they were born. One is walking towel, the other one is Praying towel. The praying towel is called talit. Walking talit is actually tent. Big, we call it bathroom towel. The modern day we are using. So when two people travel together, they can make tents because they place together and stick on it, make it stand, become tents. 
That's why Apostle Paul called tent maker. A lot of people mistake to understand. He is making praying toilets. So because you don't understand the meaning of the Bible, Jesus used walking shower and praying shower differently. And Jewish people in a lifetime have one time praying shower, the toilet. So eight strings from the oars of the oars of the lamb, and then it's weaving, weaving into one towel, which is called a talit. Jesus is wearing. So when he was in uh, the uh, Galilee, Sea of Galilee, and one woman who was bleeding for 12 years, touching the clock of Jesus. This is the English word. The clock of Jesus. Clock is here, English term. So that's, there is no English, there is no translation like that in Hebrew. But in fact, in the Bible, in Aramaic term, you know, it's not the way the lady touched here any part. She touched here in the click of this talit. We call chichit. Chichit means the end of talit. The chichit in Hebrew means healing power the place of resurrection, the place of meeting with God. That's quite a different name. So when you read an English translation, you don't understand why something happened. That's why Jesus said, power came out of my body. Why? He's praying every day. He's praying every day. And Jewish believe when this talit was given to the child, it's lifelong until he died. So that his tears will make every stain on the toilets. Never changed until die. So all the tears of Jesus are muddied in the toilets. The lady touched the power of prayer. And that's why healing came out. Brethren, we have to study the Bible. We have to learn the word of the Lord according to Jewish tradition. I'm not Jewish people but we have to learn. Therefore, here, the meaning of prayer is very deep. Jesus said a lot. You know, my class is not Bible study right now, but however, I can teach probably 10 years, and then I will be very happy. <laughs> Lord's Prayer is a compilation of the Situ. Lord's Prayer is amazing. Every tip by tip. Oh, many times I cry. Sorry. Do you have any? Many times I cry, Lord, help me to understand this word. This is amazing. The Beatitude, Talit, Synagogues, 12 Disciples, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, all of them did the same prayer. Yet today, Greek word, the synagogue, meaning gathering, that's the gathering. Hebrew word was a faith, the Knesset, meaning the gathering. So the house of prayer means house of gathering. So that's why Beit Pila was called the synagogues. That's the word, ecclesia. This is New Testament church in the time after the Pentecost. Do you remember the after the Pentecost? This is the Baroque where the uh, Ark of Aaron was there. And this is the way how the Jesus came into Minyan. And this is the way they worship. This synagogue became church wherever Apostle Paul preached the gospel at the synagogues. That's why 
a lot more than 300 years in my archaeological collection. All the churches, until the Constantine the Great, the church is a synagogue, gathering. So therefore here, you see the number one, one the church is called the temple, synagogues in church, mostly synagogues, the gathering, Harkness sets. Then the organization is independent or autonomous, and the weekly serves every day three times a prayer, reading Bible, singing, and then government deacons and elders together, and every day worshiping. This is more than day we need here, which is called the Gathering Hall, the Hope Church in Maryland. <laughs> and the name of the church is here, House of Prayer, the synagogue, and the plus church. I don't know why you have the two synonyms together. House of Prayer is the church, and then put again the church. <laughs> why did you do that? That's why I said that the, uh, the church is to be run by the dictatorship. <laughs> Majority rule is not beautiful sometimes. <laughs> but in my opinion, that's the best church. Because for others, they don't understand if you say the house of prayer for everyone, they don't understand. For their sake, you have to put the name of the church together. Twice emphasis. <laughs> And that's why many people understand, wow, Hope Church. And I think the wisest decision in the whole world. <laughs> Thank you. I praise you, church. So this is the Hope Church. But you remember the prayer center, the way we did the same things in the Bible. So this is a church what the Lord wants us to be at the 10th anniversary. So here, brethren, let me tell you just in five minutes, uh, finishing up the, uh, my preaching. In 70 AD at Jerusalem, temple destroyed. So there is no more temple prayer. We call Beit Tefillah, Beit Haknesset. There is no more three times of prayer because Jewish people were demolished and swept away by Romans. And then again, the, another diaspora came back to the lands, which is called Barukovet, Bar, uh, the Bar Simon. This is another rebellion in 132 to 35. So this last remnants of the diaspora of Jewish people regathered in, in the ruins of Jerusalem, they rebellion against the Roman Empire. Here, all of them were killed. This is the last time that Jewish believers, we call Jewish believers who believe in Christ as Messiah, swept away. Therefore, we don't have any connection. That's why we don't understand the meaning of the house of prayer. We don't know what to do because Jewish tradition was no longer exist. And that's why Constantine the Great recreated according to Babylonian, Babylonian mythology. We call sun god, Jupiter worship. Not son of man, sun and moon, sun god, Jupiter. That's a recreation of the Western theology. This is not the beautiful church the Catholic church was established. So here today, if you do remember here, the church must be in the book of Acts, is begun by prayer. 
and prayer with worship and reading Bible. And the revival comes, and then persecu the persecution occurred, and the missionary movements begun. So this is a pattern we see in the church. Therefore, here, see, there's so many churches, non-praying church, we have music team, we have discipleship training, evangelism, Sunday school, worship, music, mission, community. But prayer is outside of church. Many American churches are non-praying church. I asked a lot of American friends in Boston, Houston, and then asked, what is your hardest things? And they say, prayer. How, how long are you praying a day? For two minutes. And then I think that's almost a miracle in heaven. <laughs> and then we are being trained as Christians who are not praying every day. That's why this is the problem of a church and it's a problem of the ministers. The Korean people did morning prayer, donut prayer. And then there is a census on the Korean ministers. What is the hardest things in your life? Morning prayer. Because they do the morning prayer at 4 o'clock or 4.30. A lot of young pastors in Korea want to sleep. That's why their prayer is no longer prayer time, Bible study. So Korean prayer is waning right now. But your church is different. Your church prayer is alive. Your church is alive. Hallelujah. But I want to see the miracle. How many of you are dead amongst the people who are alive in prayer. Are you dead? Are you alive? Oh, so I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Some church think the prayer as a program. Therefore, out of many programs, they put the prayer ministry. So they think that the prayer is the hand of the intercessors. The prayer warrior or prayer prayers are the one who takes the responsibility of prayer. That's wrong. Everyone in the church is to be prayers, meaning people who are praying. So this should be the same church. The prayer must be centered. Out of prayer, worship. Worship, prayer, same. Out of music, music, and prayer, same. Out of prayer, we send out the missionaries. Out of prayer, we serve the community. Out of prayer, we teach children. Out of prayer, we do evangelism. Out of prayer, we disciple. Out of prayer, we give praise and worship unto the Lord. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Next week, I pray that when you have praise and worship, a lot of you start to jumping. Hallelujah! But you know, your body is very heavy. A while ago, I saw I wanted to jump, but nobody jumped. Lord, I want to jump, but no one jumped. And they say that Pastor Elijah is insane. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Because my joy cannot be hidden in my heart. Because I know the power of praying and praise. Hallelujah. You know, when we dance, let's dance in the Lord. Hallelujah. When you pray, let's pray and praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How, high, how heavy your body is. Amen. <laughs> so the church's prayer level. One is the prayerless church. Is your church prayerless church? Hello? Hello? Is your church prayerless church? No. This is 90, 70, 10. <laughs> because I am seeing. Is your church prayer ministry church? Yes. 95, 90, 85. <laughs> Still weak. 
Is your church house of prayer for everyone? Yeah. Hallelujah! Let's give clap offering unto the Lord. Exactly your church is house of prayer for everyone. Literally, literally, literally coming from the Bible. Literally, literally, literally from the Bible. That's an amazing church. Hallelujah. That's your church. House of prayer. Then here today, I want to suggest this. Your church has spiritual leaders like Reverend Q. Kim. But uh, he has only one difference. He has bald forehead. I don't. <laughs> I am so proud that I have a lot of hairs in my head. <laughs> That's what I'm so happy. Hallelujah. But every time I see the light from his forehead, because the light from the ceiling reflects on his forehead, and I saw the glory of the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Christian education, youth ministry, cinema, small group, children, music. But here, spiritual leaders and prayer outside, I told you. That's not a church. There's prayerless church. However, if you make prayer ministry one part, it's not. The prayer ministry church. I have seen a lot of prayer ministry church. They have prayer team. But I have never seen entire members of prayer team together. That's a house of prayer. Your church is a house of prayer. So here today, the Jerusalem Council say that when they finished, James spoke of the brothers. He said, listen to me. Simon had described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The word of the prophet are in agreement with this as is written. This is when Paul and Barnabas came to Jerusalem first time, the Council of Jerusalem. Then here the amazing word, the last, my, my last words here. After this, I will return and reveal David's fallen tents. That's a David's tabernacle. Then its ruins I will reveal and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Rest of mankind meaning rest of Gentiles. Not only Jews, but also the all kinds of mankind. Even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord who does these things. Then verse 18, things known from the long ago. Here let me just emphasize, it is my judgment therefore that we should not make it different from Gentiles, for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them, so I, I just want to skip, so here. Again, verse 16, after this, this back in the whole story of the, uh, the uh, Apostle James, after this means in Hebrew, aharit hayanim, in the last days, in the latter days. God is going to restore the house of prayer in the last days. God is going to restore the house of prayer for everyone in the last days. And this is not my word, Apostle James. He said that, I will return and rebuild house of prayer. What's that? Tabernacle of David. 24 hours prayer. So here, it's ruins are really bit Because 2,000 years, there is no place like that. In Western world, prayer is prayerless church. But here, the three times prayer day will come. Why? Verse 21, 
for the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest time, even in the earliest time in the Bible. And it's read, it's prayed, Shema, and Sidur, all the prayer, Knesset, meaning the prayer of the Tefillah in the synagogues on every Shabbat, in the house of prayer. From the earliest time, in the house of prayer, the Lord made it, not only in Babylon, even in the time of Moses, even in the time of David. Therefore, the half church, four simple things. Number one, your church is a praying church. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to pray every day? Thank you. Three times a day, please. <laughs> and your church is the Bible church. I think your church is very exemplary. And your church is a missionary church, sending these kids to the whole of the world. Hallelujah. I may enjoy when they speak the word of the Lord in Jerusalem. They were speaking in Iraq. They were speaking in, uh, in the uh, different nations all over the world. Hallelujah. So they are the one actually doing the missionary work, all the kids and young people in this church. And this church is diaspora church. These are the ones written in the book of Acts. The whole the church is actually coming from the Bible. And I want to say thank you for your church existence. I want to say, Reverend Kim, thank you so much for your dedication. And from now on, let's continue to commit ourselves in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time, that how much you love this church for the 10th year of the anniversary. And I believe, Father, that you made this church to be one example of the synagogues, the house of prayer. As we continually go out in this prayer journey, may your name be glorified and make this church to be praying, revival, and missional and diaspora church for all of the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.